0: Let us pray. Lord, we join millions of people around this world today as we gather in a place of worship. To the world, it's the strangest and the weirdest and maybe a stupid thing to do. To come to a church weather is beautiful outside. So many concerts and things happening this weekend in our city. Why go to church? But we know why. We came, O oh Lord, because you are our God. We came because we know without you we are nothing. We came, O Lord, because we know that you own us and that you are the one that can give us the life and the hope and purpose that we are looking for. We came because we know that this planet that we live on is owned by you and that you are the one who gave it to us and that all we have is yours. We came, O Lord, because we know out of 168 hours in this week at least one or two we can give to you as a moment of worship. But we also came because we need from you direction, we need from, from you comfort, but we also ask of you to do the work in us, as I said before, as we need, as we all need it. You know our stories, we know, you know where we came from, and you know what we think, what we do, what we text. What we look at if we are on social media and on the internet. There's nothing we can hide from you. So we come to you completely open. And we stand before you and say, Lord, do what only you can do with us today. In your name we ask this. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this guy applied for a position at a railway station, and the interviewer was a little bit mean to this guy. So he was sitting there, and the interviewer said to him, okay, so you're going to work at our railway station in a sort of rural area, <clears throat> and now you know that two trains are on the same track, and they are heading towards each other. What will you do? The guy who was there for interview said, well, I will call them." The guy said, no, the the, the phones are down, the the system is down, you can't call them. He said, well, then I will change the switch to get this one train on a different track. He says, well, the power is out, so the switches won't work. He says, I may turn the lights from green to red. He says, I told you the power is out, so you can't change the lights. He says, well, I will grab a red flag and I will run as far as I can away in the direction of one train coming and try to stop that one And to have it back up, whatever, the guy said, no, you can't. You've got a brace on your knee because you injured your knee two weeks ago. He said, then I will go and get my son. The guy said, your son? He said, yeah, my son told me he always wanted to see a big train wreck. (laughs) It's not not supposed to be a joke. It's serious. I'm I'm just kidding you. No, it is a joke. Old South African joke. But there's a lot of truth in the story, isn't it? How many times in your life have you seen an accident coming? Not on the road, I'm talking in life. How many times have you and I in our lives looked at at someone or something and said, this can't continue like this because this is not going to work out. We are in the story of Jonah, chapter 2. Eventually, we got to chapter 2, and today I'm going to do the whole of chapter 2, and I promise you, it will not take the whole day. I will try to get this as quickly as I can, and we are going to discover something about my story in the story. So let's just read this together. Well, I'm going to read it. You listen. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I'm driven away from your sight. How shall I look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down on the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life. From the pits, O Lord, my God. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish. That's the coolest sentence. He spoke to the fish, and this fish you bathed, I wish my children would, um, and spewed Jonah out upon the dry land. Going down. So I'm not going to read those verses now for you. You know, this letter or book, not, not letter, this book was written in the most amazing way. The word down is used in many different places. Jonah went. set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship. Jonah Minuel had gone down into the hold of the ship and had lain down fast asleep. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Now, a lot of people will say, well, that's geographical stuff. If you are inland and you go down to the ocean, you need to go physically down. If you are in a ship and you go down to the belly of the thing or the hull of the thing to sleep, you're actually climbing down the steps. So what's the issue, Ferdy? If you read this, book correctly, you'll see that the writer is using this word to tell us what happens to someone who's fleeing from God. You go down. How many times in your life have you heard someone say to me, I'm down and out. I'm a bit down on my luck. I'm down in the dumps. I do not know why I feel so down. Now many times, life happens to all of us in many different ways. So so. It may happen that you may get sick or sit at a streetlight and somebody rearrange you. It's just life happening to you. But many times in life, as I listen to stories that people tell me, I hear stories of people fleeing from God, disregarding who God is in their lives, ignoring what God is telling them, and then slowly but surely their lives are spinning out of control. And they are going down. They're going down from where they should be in life, and they are actually losing what they should have in life. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I've often told you of them, and now I tell you, even with tears. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. You will be surprised how many people talk to me about what's going on in our country. I had someone call me a while ago and said to me, do you think we are now actually in the end times? I said, I think we've been in the end times since Jesus ascended into heaven, but I'm not sure when the end will happen. I spoke to someone recently and said to me, well, I don't think, you know, I should have children or should even get married because what is going to be left of our country in seven years? I said to this person, so why are you so concerned? Because what concerns you so much? Because we as a country are going down. We are going down. And going down is what I hear from people constantly. Down from what? Down from where we're supposed to be. Down from from what God has meant for us to be, I think is what people are trying to tell me. And then I, I, I thought about this for a moment and I realized that this country was based on people fleeing Europe to come here because they just said we want the government not to be involved with how we worship God. Because that's what happened in Europe. So they said, we want to be here where we are not going to be telling the government what to do, but we just want them not to tell us how we should do our thing. And we want to believe in the Christian God. That's why they came to this country. But that's not happening anymore, is it? We are going down because we are also fleeing from God. Somebody sent me an email, and I read it again this morning, that in California, in one class, at school, They had the whole class chants to the Aztec gods. The Aztec gods, Aztec gods, let me say it that way. The Aztec gods are actually gods that wanted you to worship your child in their worship. So in this whole class, they had the class chant the chants of worship that was done many years ago because they are doing this class on religions. Do you think they will allow Christians to stand in that class and to repeat the Lord's Prayer? Not allowed. Do you think they will allow the class to say the Lord's uh, confession of faith, like we say in the church many times? Not allowed. And then California burns down. (laughs) And we wonder, why is California burning down? Maybe California is burning down because they are going down away from where God wants us to be as a country. And that's what this book is telling us. It's not only Jonah that's experiencing this bad luck because he's trying to be disrespectful to God and and, and trying to be disobeying God. It's because of all of us. And next week, we will hear about a city. You see, here we are dealing with someone that's in the church, Jonah. Next week, we are going to hear about Nineveh. They are not in the church. That's a brand new story. Now we are dealing with someone that's supposed to know the right thing. In this country, we are supposed to to know the right thing. Second thing, Jonah, while he was in the belly of this fish or in the bubble that God created or in the hands of God or whatever happened, there started to pray the following. He says, I call to the Lord out of my distress. I'm driven away from your sight. How shall I look again uh, upon your holy temple? Now, now if, you, if you're going and read the story, you know, we all hear that Joseph, Jonah was cast overboard and a the fish swallowed him. If you read this prayer that he's praying here, I think he was in the water for a long time. It seems to me that he was actually drifting down and deeper and deeper in the ocean. The Lord in some way provided for him to sort of survive all of this. There was definitely a fish involved. That's no issue. There was something involved where, where Jonah really experienced the darkness of death. And God surrounded him, as I said last week, in some kind, some kind of way that he could stay alive. That, that's what we believe. But what happened with Jonah is that Jonah at some point, at this point in his life, now realizes, this is happening because of my rejection, because of my walking away from God. It's not God that's to be blamed, it's me. And that's the crisis many times in this world. When stuff starts to go wrong, people turn towards God and say, God, why did you allow this? Why did you allow my child to die of an overdose? But why did this child die of an overdose? Was this child was never raised in the church, never taught the word of God. Was never introduced to Jesus to find that the hope that he or she is looking for is not inside a drug, but inside the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we are very quick to blame God for all the things that goes wrong. And now Jonah actually realizes, but, but it's God that is the one that he actually needs. But then Jonah also says the following, he says, I'm in the pit. As my life was ebbing away, and then he talks about the pit. And this word pit in, in Hebrew actually means the darkness, the darkest of darkness. It's actually at uh, another point, he talks about the root of the mountains. It's sort of lower than the root of the mountains, there where the most evil and the most darkest places can be. Does God want us to be there before we turn around? The story of the prodigal son. This kid is at home. He's with his dad. It's like the story of a Christian. Then he tells his dad, I'm going to do my own thing. That's the story of Jonah and many other people. Then this child walks away and he takes his inheritance, what he has received from God, and then he eventually ends up with the pigs. He sits with the hogs. And for a Jewish person to sit with a hog, that's the most horrible thing because hogs or pigs are Unclean animals. The darkest pits for the prodigal son is to sit and to try to feed animals that are actually unclean. That doesn't allow him to go and worship because he was in contact with these unclean stuff. Does God want you to end up with pigs? Does God want us to end up in the pit? Do you know how many times in my life I've heard someone say to me, I'm in the pits because they are there. That is not what God wants. That's the last thing that God wants, is for us to go so far down that we almost can't find our way back. He will relentlessly pursue us because He wants us not to experience this, but we continue to walk further and further and further away from God as a person, as a nation, as a country. And then when things start to fall apart, we we say, God, what have you gone? God said, I didn't do this. I don't want you there. I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to guide you. But don't ignore me as the only holy living God. And listen to me. Listen to me. I'm a bit passionate today about something. A real tragedy happened last week. A girl jumped from a three-story building. And someone who were involved, I told repeatedly, listen to me. Do how frustrating it is to ask someone for weeks after weeks, for weeks on end, listen to me, this is the way to deal with the situation. And then to hear that everything was done wrong. Everything. I wonder how God feels about Ferdy. How many times have God said to me, Ferdy, listen to me. I ask of you. I don't want you to end up in the pits, in this pain, in the suffering, in this place where you are now in your life. Just listen to me and we ignore God. As this person ignored me. God doesn't want us to be there and He didn't want Jonah to be there. That's the last thing that God wanted. God wanted Jonah just to start walking towards Tarshish, uh, towards Nineveh. But Jonah decided to went to the west, and God said, go to the east. The path of healing and recovery. Have mercy on me, O God, um, David says, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me from my iniquity. cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you, you alone, I've sinned. I've done what is it evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. When will we start to take sin seriously? You know, in our in our culture, sin is not, you can't use the word sin anymore. I can't just say to someone, this is wrong. Then they tell me, I have to them. I can't just say to someone, you can't have this lifestyle, it's sinful. And they say, well, no, it's not. I don't think it's sin. It's actually, you know, because of this happened in my life there, and I've got this condition. No one takes responsibility for what they do anymore. Now it's true. A lot of people have conditions and issues. I, I agree. All of us do. But at some point in our lives, I need to realize the only way back to God is actually to say, "I'm sorry. I'm, I'm an idiot. I've done a lot of stupid." And that's what David did here. He said, "I'm so sorry." And that's where his path of healing started. And this is where Jonah's path of healing started in the belly of a ship, in the pit. When he actually turned back to God and said, I need you. I need you. Then faith, I called the Lord out of my distress. And he answered, He's still in the fish. <laughs> He's still in the fish. He has no idea the fish is going to vomit him out. That's the word. You saw that. He had no idea this, this fish was going to vomit him out. So at some point in his prayer, he says, I prayed and I knew. That's what faith is. In Hebrews chapter 11, you will find a definition of faith. Faith is to hope for what you cannot yet see. Faith is to stand in front of you and say, I've given all my life to serve the only holy living God because I know he's here. But I can't show him to you, but he's here. Lord Jesus with us in this place. Faith means that I know if I die, I'm going to be with God in heaven. I have never seen anyone come back and say, well, it's exactly like this. But I know it's true because it's the word of God and I trust God with my whole life. Faith means that I changed my life today for something I hope that will be there one day. And that's what happened with Jonah. Faith just means that at some point I need to think about my life, to think about God and say, is all of this True. Am I going to accept it as the truth that God himself gave to me and then based on this truth make decisions for the 17th of October 2021. I forgot the date. For for, for today then also. But I will with the voice of thanksgiving sacrifice to you what I've vowed I will pay. So here we have a, a guy that's going there. And then at some point he's in the pit. And he realizes, I need to turn back to God. He starts with this prayer. And this prayer is, God, here I am. I, 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 I need you, but I know you're going to come through for me because that's who you are. God will always come through to anyone who pleads his name. But what's our response to God's love and grace? Obedience. Obedience. I will keep my vows." And I will do what you asked of me to do. How many promises have we made to God in our lives? Lord, if you can just get my wife through this, I promise you I will never miss a worship service again. That was 10 years ago and I was 10 years last in church. I'm just kidding. Lord, if you get my child through this, I promise you I will do this. How many vows have we all made to God? And then when it turns around, it's all good. We forget our promises that we have made. God doesn't punish us for that. He knows how we struggle to be obedient, how we struggle to follow Him. He knows this. We are not perfect in any way, shape, or form. He just asks us to try our best. To make Him so important that for Him I will do this. Because my wife is important to me, I will say no to a lot of stuff in my life that comes my way because I love my wife and I do not want to hurt her. God says if you can do it for your house, for your wife, your husband, or your children, you can do it for me also or Am I not important? So I'll respond to God. Love and grace is always this. Lord, I will keep my vow. I will serve. And God told the fish, not going to preach about this. He said to the fish, vomit him out. And the fish listened. It's so cool. Right. I started off with a story of a man that tried to get a job. But the guy on the other side of the table took anything away that he offered to bring a solution to the problem. This story applies to us in America also. I'm here as a Christian and I know what the answer is. I can see a train wreck coming. I don't know if you can, but I can see that we are going to have interesting times in our country, many different ways in the direction that our country is going in rejecting everything that's God and everything that's important to God. And everything that's right is now suddenly wrong. And everything that's always been wrong in the Bible is now suddenly sanctified and it's right. It's a weird time that we live in. It can't continue like this because God will not allow it. Or do we think God will disappear because people say, no, Jesus. And then Jesus will just go away. So I'm as a Christian, I'm sitting here and I'm giving the answer. I think, America, the answer is prayer. And then on the other side of the table sits Mac modern American culture. And Mac tells me, modern American culture tells me, you can't pray. And I tell the guy on the other side of the table, Mac, I say, our country is going down the tubes. The answer is Jesus. They will say, "Mm, no, Jesus. And I will tell Mac on the other side of the table, our country is in trouble and the people are in trouble and the kids are in trouble. Look how many people are committing suicide. Look how many people are dying of drug overdoses. Look how many people are falling apart. It's just, help me. Let's bring them the Bible as we had the Bible before in our schools and at least add some moral identity and some direction. And Mac says, no Jesus, no prayer, no book. So I can easily give up. And say, so well, I'm going to get my son and see how this country is going to end. Because there's going to be a train wreck. Or the following is my last line. I can get up and I can say to myself as I can say to you today. Even though this world seems to be going for a crash course. Even so, though it seems our country is going to go in the direction of a disaster. The only holy, living God will not be done with us until his kingdom comes. In the midst of all of this nonsense that's going around us, God is building a kingdom. In the midst of all of this, God is saving people. In the midst of all of this, God will get the people into His fold because they are finding Him in the midst of all of this. So I can throw my hands up in air and say, "Mac, you won. American, uh, modern American culture, you have won. I, I, I'm just going to, to leave this. I can't never. Uh, Felipe, come here, please. He didn't know I was going to do this. Stand there, please. Pastor. <laughs> this is Psalm 23 on his shirt. Last we get, blue one, I think? Yes, no, well, black. A black. Last we get a black one in English. I could understand that one. This one was more difficult today. This is the way that this young man is telling this world that you can't read the Bible. There's the Bible on my shirt. And I didn't ask him to do this today. He's just wearing this because he loves to tell people about Jesus. Thank you. In some way, shape, or form. Thank you, Philippa. In some way, shape, or form, and I will talk about this a little bit more next week, by saying one sentence. One sentence. God can use that one sentence to change a life, and maybe the life of a family. So don't allow this world to shut you up. Don't allow this world to put you in a corner. Don't allow this world to convince you God is dead. He's alive. The victory is won. I'm owned by the only holy living God. What can they do to me? Nothing. They can take my eyes, my hands, my feet, and my ears, but they can't take my faith because that is mine. That's mine. And that's what we should do. Live in this world as if Christ is walking right next to you and fearlessly say, I'm not going to end up in a pit because I know Jesus. I know Jesus, and I need to end here, amen, my time is up.